Now, this morning, we are in part two of our series called Words to Live By. And in this series, we're exploring different words and the power of those words and how those simple words can transform our lives if we will let them. So the words that we're looking at, they can guide us, they can protect us, they can teach us, they can help us learn to become a little bit more like Jesus if we'll learn how to use those words effectively. So each week, we're looking at one different word. Anybody remember the word we looked at last week? You don't remember? I'm disappointed. I'm like really disappointed. So corny joke, sorry. Yes, you you got the answer right. So last week we looked at the word no, and we looked at the word no through the story of Joseph. And we watched Joseph leverage this powerful word in a moment when many of us in the exact same spot might say yes to a temptation that would pull us away from God. Joseph said no. And the secret to his ability to say no is actually the word that we're going to look at today. It's the word yes. So behind every no that God has for us is the word yes that God wants us to say first. So for Joseph, Joseph could say no in that moment of temptation because he had already said yes to God and what God had for him. If you know Jesus' story, you will remember a time where Jesus was tempted by Satan, tempted with the same stuff that we're tempted with, and Jesus continually said no, because he'd already said yes to his heavenly father and his plan for his life. Now, most of us probably know the story of Adam and Eve, and we, we all know that they kind of mixed up those words. They ended up saying no to God, And they said yes to themselves. And their misuse of those words has led to some consequences that we still face today. So we've got to learn how to use these simple words in ways that really bring honor and glory to God. And even with the word yes, which is a very powerful word, we can misuse it. If we say yes to wrong things or wrong people, that can lead to a detour in life that takes a very long time to come back to. Anybody give testimony to that this morning? Anybody said yes to the wrong thing or the wrong person ever in your life? Yeah, yeah. There's a number of us. Um, So we've got to learn how to use this word effectively. If we say yes to too many things, we become ineffective at the things that we're involved in. So God wants us to learn how to leverage this word in a way that really brings honor and glory to him. Now, we kind of have a, a love for this word yes, Um, maybe not so much in speaking it, but in hearing it. And when we have a a question or a request of somebody, don't we just love when they say yes to our request? So there's one person that that is here today saying yes. So Penny, thank you for participating. So let me tell you about a time in my life when, when uh, I had an interaction around the word yes and no. So it goes back to when I was a kid, and I kind of hated to ask my parents, specifically my dad. I, I didn't like to ask my dad to do things that were kind of out of the ordinary, and kind of here's how this would play out. Like if I wanted to go hang out with my friends away from the neighborhood where mom and dad wouldn't be around. So my dad sometimes would be in the living room reading the paper, and I'd come in and say, hey, dad, can, can I go like with my friends and, you know, go outside the neighborhood and like, can we go hang out for a while? My dad would be reading the paper, reading the paper. 
And I'm thinking, like, is he ignoring me or is, has he not heard me? Um, so he would just read the paper. And then he would start asking questions. So who's going? Who's really going? <laughs> How are you going to get there? Who's going to show up that you're not expecting or you're not telling me is going to show up? So what are you going to do, and then he would look at me, what are you going to do if you get put into a spot where you've got to make a decision about honoring God or not? What are you going to do when all your peers are there? And you know, about at that point, the end of 20 questions with my dad, I'm like, forget it. We won't go. Or I learned, just don't ask dad. Just go and do it and hope that he doesn't find out. But there were moments that my dad would say, yes. And when my dad said yes, you would have thought I won the lottery. It was like, guys, get in the car and go, 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 before my dad changes his mind, like, we got to go. So we all know that there can be a psychological and physiological response inside of us when somebody says yes to our request. It can change how we feel. It can change how we think. It can change our perspective. It can change our future. Like, everything just seems better. When somebody says yes to our request. So kind of think back through your life a little bit. So when you were little, maybe ask, hey, can I have dessert? And yes, it was kind of an exciting thing. And then maybe into later elementary school or middle school, do you like me? <laughs> yes or no, check the box. And if it came back, yes, woo, good day. And maybe you got the courage to ask the question, like, do you want to go out and get food like Friday night, maybe a date? Maybe you stumbled like me awkwardly through a, a date request, and a yes was like, oh, it's going to be a good Friday night. And then, guys, you, know, you may understand the pain of this question, like, will you marry me? If there's a no, oh, that's just painful. But if there's a yes, it's fantastic. And shortly after that question uh, comes, will you take out the trash? And, like, no. Like, no. Why would we take out the trash? So yes is a powerful word that can radically kind of change our experience in life. Yes is a powerful word, especially when it's spoken by someone who has a yes in their heart for us. How many of you here today know somebody who has a yes in their heart for you? So a few of us. And this would be a person that it doesn't really matter what you do. It doesn't matter if you mess up. They are so for you, none of that matters. They love you unconditionally. Maybe you have a family member like that. Maybe you have a friend like that. Maybe you have a parent. Maybe you've got a sibling. Maybe you've got a grandparent. It's like that. Again, no matter what you do, every time they see it, they are just for you. My oldest daughter is expecting our first grandson in two months. All right. So my wife and I are like, man, this is weird at first, but the closer it gets, the more excited we are because we're not going through all that. So we're excited. Like, this is going to be great. And I already have a yes in my heart towards that little guy. I haven't even met him. And so I can just envision He's going to come over to grandpa's house one day. Like, hey, grandpa, can I have a cookie? Yes. <laughs> can I have another cookie? Yes. Can I stay up late and have lots of sugar? 
If you're going home with your mom and dad, yes, you can. At grandpa's house, yes, you can. So we all need people in our lives that have a yes in their heart for us. But here's a question that thousands of people have been asking for a very long time, and you might be asking today. Many people ask the question, does God have a yes in his heart for me? Some of us would say yes. There's a whole lot of people in our world that would say no. There's a whole lot of people out there in our world that think that God is not for them. That God's got this kind of no in his heart. That they don't uh, go to church enough, read their Bible enough, pray enough. They don't do whatever enough. That maybe God's mad at them. Maybe God's upset with them. Maybe God doesn't like them. And so they've concluded that God has a no in his heart for them. And that's been a question that's been asked for a very long time. It was asked back in, back in Bible days. And actually, the Apostle Paul addresses that question with a group of Christ followers who lived in a city called Corinth. And so I want you to listen to how he addresses that for them and how it applies to us as well. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17, uh, Paul writes them a letter. And he says this in, in this letter. He says, you may be asking why I changed my plan. And let me kind of explain what he me- meant by that. You see, Paul had come to visit this group of Christ followers at one point, And his visit with them was kind of painful. He had to say some kind of hard things to them. And it was a painful experience for them, and it was painful for him as well. And so he's kind of evaluating, like, should I go back and see him again? And he decides, yeah, I'm going to write him a letter instead of visiting them this next time. So he writes this letter. So this is why I've changed my plan. Um, he says, you may be asking why I changed my plan. Do you think I'm like people of the world who say yes when they really mean no? As surely as God is faithful, my word to you does not waver between yes and no. I think we all know people who are like that. I think we all know people who waver back and forth between yes and no for us. One moment, they're kind of for us. The next moment, they're, they're kind of against us. Um, and Paul says, I'm not like that. I'm for you. And then he goes on. Verse 19, he says, for Christ Jesus, the son of God, does not waver between yes and no. He's the one whom Silas, Timothy, and I preach to you. And as God's ultimate yes, he always does what he says. And here's his answer for whether God has a yes in his heart for us. Verse 20, he says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. So how many of God's promises have been fulfilled? All of them. Not some of them. Not most of them. All of them. It has been estimated that there are over 7,000 promises of God in Scripture. 7,000. So guess what that means? God has a resounding yes in his heart for you. So when you're asking questions, maybe you're in a spot where you're not in a relationship with God, and you're asking questions of him. God says yes to some of these questions. So God, will you save me? Yes. God, will you guide me? Yes. Will you forgive me? Yes. Will you cleanse me? Yes. Will you give me wisdom? Yes. Will you help me through this difficult situation? Yes. Will you help me resolve that conflict that I have with my boss? Yes. God, will you give me a second chance? A tenth chance? A hundredth chance? Yes. Will you provide for my physical needs, my emotional needs, my spiritual needs, my financial needs? Yes. 
Will you help me forgive that person who hurt me so I won't give in to bitterness? Yes. Will you show me how to avoid things that will pull me away from you? Yes. Will you give me peace when I'm afraid, I'm alone, and I don't know what to do? Yes. God, when I get to the end of my life, will you be with me for all of eternity, or am I kind of on my own there? No, I will be with you forever. Yes. God's answer to us is a continual yes, yes, yes. All of God's promises have been fulfilled in Scripture with a resounding yes. Is there anybody excited about that this morning? I'm glad you're here. Welcome to the service. So when I was a kid, we used to sing an old hymn called Standing on the Promises. Anybody familiar with that? Heard that in your life? A handful of us? If you haven't, listen to some of the lines that come out of this song. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let his praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail. When the howling storms of doubt and fear assail, by the living word of God, I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises, I cannot fall, listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God. What a powerful song. And I've got to ask this morning, if you're a Christ follower, what are you standing on? Are you standing on God's promises? Are you standing on your opinions? Are you standing on your hopes? Are you standing on your dreams? Are you standing on your politics? What are you standing on? God's promises are the only thing that will never fail us. All right, back to our verse. So there are two yeses in this verse that Paul describes. The first yes is uh, where God says yes to us. So Paul says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled with Christ in a, with a resounding yes. And then the second yes is this. He says, and through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. So the first yes is the yes that God says to us. The second yes is the yes that God, that we can say back to God. So Paul uses this word here that many of us are familiar with. Many of us are familiar with the word amen. And yet for much of us, it's kind of lost its its meaning, lost some of its original power. So as we kind of pray, we kind of know that that's kind of the word that you throw at the end of a prayer to God. So if you're talking to God and you're not exactly sure how to get out of the conversation, you say amen, and then it you know, kind of feels religious and feels you know, good, like you put a book into that, into that conversation. Um, but that's not the original meaning. See, the original meaning of the, the word amen was like yes on steroids. So it's like saying a resounding yes like Paul said in that passage. So it wasn't like a weak yes. God's yes for us was not like a wimpy yes. He didn't say like, I guess I'll fulfill my promises to you. I kind of said I would, so I guess I will. No, God says to us, yes, I will fulfill all of my promises to you. Yes, yes, yes. You can count on it. You can bet your life on it. You can bet your eternity on it. 
And so Paul says, our yes back to God should be a resounding yes. So I'd like us to practice this morning. I'd like us to practice saying amen, not like we typically say amen, but like with a resounding yes. So at the count of three, I want you to say amen. And it, you know it means yes on steroids. All right? So we're going to practice together. Here we go. One, two, three. Amen. Oh, fantastic. Can you imagine how your prayers would change if you said amen like that? Can you imagine how many awkward people would look at you at, when you're at lunch if you were doing that? But like, what if as we said yes to God, as we're praying, as we're seeking God's will and direction for our lives, knowing that God's got the best plan for us no matter what, what if as we prayed, we said, amen, yes, God, let it be so, resounding, yes, your will is better than mine, always. I think it just might change how we talk to God. I think it just might change our lives a little bit. It just might change other people's lives as well. So the challenge for us is to learn how to live our lives as a resounding yes back to God for all that he's done for us. I've got some suggestions for how we can do that. So the first suggestion is this. Be God's resounding yes for someone else. Be God's resounding yes for someone else. One of the things that God cherishes more than anything on planet Earth is people. You will never cross paths with a person for whom Jesus did not die and for whom God does not love. You will never see anybody in your life that God does not love. The most famous Bible verse of all time, John 3.16, tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever like whoever, everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. So God loves everyone and he wants us to love everyone as well. Why? Because every day we bump into people who ask the question, does God have a yes in his heart for me or a no? And you and I can answer that question for them. So self-reflection moment. How are you doing at that? How are you doing at being God's resounding yes for other people? And I'll be honest with you this morning. You know, if I were to you know, really be honest about my life, there are many days I don't want to be God's resounding yes for other people. I would rather be a big fat no. Like there are days I just wake up and I'm like, you know what, I just like think I'd like everybody to like follow my plan today. And I would like everything to work out the way I want it to work out. And I've noticed that not every day goes that way. And there are days that things don't quite go the way that I desire. And, you know, like maybe somebody cuts me off in traffic. I'm trying to get somewhere and they cut me off. And I don't naturally have the response. Maybe some other pastors do. Maybe some other like really religious Christ followers do. But I don't naturally have the response where I say, amen. Like, amen. Yes. Yes. Resounding yes for you. You know, like you're in a hurry. I'm, I'm not. Like, you're probably late for something super important, so you go ahead of me. Like, I don't naturally respond that way. Naturally, I'm thinking, I hope they don't know I'm a pastor. I hope they don't know I'm a pastor because I'd like to run them off the road right now. So since I would rather not, like, really be honest with you this morning, I'm going to tell you that I'm doing great at that, and I'm going to ask you, how are you doing? How, how are we doing at that? 
You know, up front, we got horrible. How are we doing at that? Yeah, sometimes iffy. I think we've got to evaluate that. We've got to evaluate um, whether we're a resounding yes for someone because we understand the value of it. And we'd all love to have people around us who have a resounding yes in their heart for us. We love being around people like that. And I think that's why people love being around Jesus. The Bible says that Tax collectors and notorious sinners loved to be around Jesus. There was just something about him that made them feel better about their lives. And it wasn't that he condoned their lifestyle. He never did that. But he always made people feel better, like they wanted to be around him, like they wanted to hear more that he had to say. They wanted to, to get closer to Jesus. And you and I have the ability to do that. So what if the next time we walk into work or home or school or on that sporting event that you're a part of or whatever environment that you walk into that kind of makes you a little bit irritated sometimes, what if you walked into that environment with a resounding yes for other people because you know you're God's ambassador today? Like what if? What if the next time you walked into work and just had this yes mentality for everybody that you work with? And I don't mean that you say yes to every request that they give you. Uh, there's a, a 24-hour challenge out there now called the Yes Challenge, where you just say yes or, to anything anybody asks of you in 24 hours. I think that's stupid. <laughs> because that could get you in a whole lot of trouble. A whole lot of bad things can happen if you just say yes ineffectively. But what if you were known as the person at your work environment that was God's resounding Yes. What if people walked away from an interaction from you feeling better about themselves and wanting to be around you more and wanting to hear more about what makes you tick and why you do what you do? I think it's so important, it just might lead someone to Jesus and change their eternity. I think someone might stand in eternity and come up to you one day and say, you know why I'm here? Because you were a resounding yes for me at work, at home, at school, wherever. Here's another way that we can say yes back to God, and that is through our involvement in a local church. So get this. The church is God's number one resounding yes strategy to reach the world with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. So the church is who Jesus died for, The church is who the Holy Spirit came to indwell and empower. The church is who God sent into the world as his yes ambassadors. But sadly, too many churches are known as God's resounding no. So our world bumps into churches or Christ followers and they conclude, you know what, the church is not for me. I mean, kind of their message is a continual no, like, no, you can't do that. No, you can't live that way. No, you can't smoke or chew or hang out with the girls who do. Like, no, 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 no. And so they've concluded, because Christians have a no for me, because churches have a no for me, God must have a no for me as well. And yet... The church is God's number one strategy to reach the world with a life-changing message of Jesus Christ. And through the church, some of God's promises are fulfilled to people. So how are we doing, you know, as a church? Being God's resounding yes for other people. People in our community. 
you can play a part in however we're doing and helping us do better at that. So on your seat is a little card. It says yes on one side. I encourage you to grab that. And if you have to share with someone else, the answer is yes. I'll share with you. Absolutely. That's great. Way to go. All right. So on the back side, you see some opportunities where you can be involved in what God is doing here in our church family. So the first, you see our children's team. So you could say yes to children who desperately need to know that God loves them and God has a wonderful plan for their lives. You could say yes to teenagers who in a season of their life when they feel like everybody's against them, everybody's saying no to them, you could say yes to a teenager and and show them God's resounding yes and that God is for them and so are you. Our connections team, you could be involved in a team of people who hold doors open, who smile, smile, everybody smile. Let me see this pearly whites. You can be on our connections team. Way to go. Good job. So smiling, welcoming people, helping people understand, people that are walking up to Epic. There are people every Sunday, maybe somebody here right now, who's walked up to Epic wondering, does God have a yes in his heart for me or a no? And maybe they're coming in here to get an answer, and maybe whatever answer they get here is the final time they'll come to church. Maybe this is the last shot. And you on the connections team, you're the frontline defense. You're the frontline answer for God having a resounding yes for people. You could be a part of that. You could be on our tech team. Our tech team back here does an amazing job of enhancing our Sunday morning experiences through lights and video and and sound. And the really cool thing about what they do is you don't have to know anything about computers to be involved. They will train you. They will help you understand how to expand expand what we're doing here. You see our worship team. Our worship team helps us understand how to worship God beyond just music. Worship's not just music. That's a piece of it. Worship is about living our lives in a response to God as a resounding yes back to him for the yeses that he has given us. You could be a part of our worship team as our worship team does that. You could be a part of our prep team. Um, I don't know if you guys recognize, but if you look around, we are in a middle school cafeteria. (laughs) Just saying. There's a whole group of people that came in here that transformed this middle school cafeteria and this campus, if you've walked around and see all the rooms and space that we use, transform this campus into a place where we can come together and learn about God, where people can understand God has a yes in his heart for them. So if you're involved in our prep team, whether you set up or you tear it down, you're involved in people being transformed by Jesus. It only involves coming a little early, staying a little late, in transforming this space. So there are many opportunities. There are many ways that you can be involved in this. So my challenge to to you and to all of us is don't just receive God's yes, but be God's yes. Don't just be on the receiving end of it. Be on the giving end of it as well. You can do that for people. You can do that through our church family. There are multiple ways that you can do that. Now, if you're new with us, kind of new to Epic, kind of just exploring you know, who we are, I'm so glad you're here. I hope you'll continue to explore. I hope you'll get into Starting Point, maybe get into Financial Peace University or something. Just keep coming, just kind of checking us out. I get that, that's great. No pressure, what we're talking about today. But if you call Epic your home, if this is a place you come on a regular basis to get spiritual encouragement or nourishment, then what I challenge you to do is find a place to serve. Find a place to to be God's resounding yes for our community that's coming. And just a minute, 
after our worship team uh, closes us out today, you're going to have a chance to go explore some of the many options that you have over in our lobby area there. And I hope that you'll do some ministry area shopping, that you'll like get your grocery cart and you'll like go around and you'll, you'll start asking questions of different ministry opportunities and find a place, find a way where you can get active in serving. Now, every once in a while, somebody will ask me this question. They'll ask, like, do you ever feel bad challenging people who are super busy to carve a little bit more time out of their busy lives to come be involved in what you're doing through your church? And my answer is no. And here's why. I want to fast forward all of our lives for just a second, okay? So scripture says our lives are like a vapor. So we're going to be here for blink of an eye. All right, so one day we're going to stand in the presence of the Almighty in eternity. When we stand there and we look back at our short existence on planet Earth, if scripture is true, which I think it is, if the church is God's number one resounding yes strategy to reach the world with a life-changing message of Jesus Christ, I don't think any of us will regret one second we were involved in being God's yes through a local church. I don't think any of us will. I actually think some of us, myself included, will say, darn it, I should have spent a little bit more time in that organization, helping that organization reach the world for Christ. So you can be a part of that. Uh, We're going to close by singing a song called Yes, I Will. And as we sing that, what I want you to do is kind of reflect on some of God's promises to you. Over 7,000 promises in scripture, where God says, I have a resounding yes in my heart for you. And then reflect on your yes back to God and how you're doing at that. And if there's some adjustments that, that you sense you may need to make and how do, you can be a resounding yes for somebody else, how you can be a resounding yes for God through a local church. Now, before we sing, let me tell you what we're going to do tonight. Tonight, we have a ministry kickoff that's happening. So our uh, year, kind of our calendar year as a church family kind of follows the school year. So the school year just started, and so we're kind of kicking off a new ministry season. And uh, we typically do that with an event. We call our kickoff events happening tonight at 6.30 here in this space. And so what I hope you'll do is I hope you'll come back tonight. If you have kids and you need childcare, we've got childcare provided. So bring your kids with you. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have some great games. There's going to be some prizes. We're going to have some dessert type food. And I'm going to talk to some people who have said yes. I'm going to interview some folks who've said yes. And we're going to learn from them how that word has transformed their lives and how that word can transform our lives. So I hope you'll come tonight. So that's whether you're serving. If you're part of our serving team already, fantastic. Come tonight. We're going to have prizes. If you're thinking about serving with us, come tonight. We have dessert. If you don't want to serve here ever anywhere where in your entire life, come tonight. We got prizes and dessert. It'll be great. Okay? Fantastic. If you would, stand with me. Let's pray. So, Lord, I'm so incredibly grateful. I think we're all incredibly grateful that you have said a resounding yes to us. All of your promises in Scripture have been fulfilled. 
with a resounding yes, not a weak yes, not a wimpy yes, not a yes, I guess I will, but a resounding yes that we can bet our lives on, we can bet our eternities on. And Lord, we learned today that Paul challenged us that we should learn to live our lives as a resounding yes back to you. So it teaches us how to be a resounding yes for someone else. Teach us how to partner together as local churches and help transform communities that transform the world. So Lord, this morning, as we reflect on what you've said to us, the yes that you've said to us, Lord, um, just give us clarity on how we can be that resounding yes for others. In Jesus' name, amen.